0: Thank you for listening and welcome to The Life Radio Show. A proud member of the SJ Network and the JZO Modcast Podcast Network, I'm your host, Don Smith. It's another COVID-19 lockdown episode on The Life. We talk with author Neil Perry Gordon, and he gives us a chance to pick up a free copy of his latest novel, If you enjoy the show, like and follow The Life 106.9 on Facebook and Don Smith Comedy on Twitter. Or tune in live on Tuesdays when we're back from lockdown from 7 to 9 p.m. on WWSU 106.9 FM. Or you can stream the show live at WWSU 106.9.org. The brutal presence overwhelms me.
1: Brutal presence.
0: Wolverine. All right, hey, welcome to the Life Radio Show. It is that time again. I'm your host, Don Smith. Uh, we are on day number. Who really cares? Of uh, COVID-19 lockdown. Uh, I just woke up. It's noon. <laughs> what else are we going to do? Uh, my guest is on on Skype with me already. Uh, Neil Gordon.
2: I am here, sir.
0: All right. How are you doing? how How are you handling the lockdown? Are you doing okay? I am like in a
2: new mode I've never been in before. So it's like um, a whole new life. And I know this is going. This is a temporary thing. And I, I'm just like wondering what's going to be the next step in all this is going to be. But at the moment today, I am well.
0: Good. Good. Now, the whole new life—is it an improvement? <laughs> <laughs>
2: You know, I've been okay. Yeah. So I've been it gives me a lot of time to write. And, um, you know, it gives me a lot of time to to, because these days, you know, as as an independent book uh, writer and publisher and such, you have to be not only a book writer, you have to be a bookseller. So um, it's given me time to do both.
0: Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's one thing I've noticed is a little, little bit more free time cuz of course I I don't have the comedy club to worry about as much anymore so it which it it's, it, it breaks my heart but at the same time it's a uh, man I've I've had free I have free time I haven't had in 3 years <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. So I guess
0: I guess you have to focus on the positive a little bit
2: I'm a big believer in being positive it was a, always a thing that when I was a young boy my dad was always instilling me that idea of think positive and uh, it stuck with me. So I am a positive thinker.
0: That that's a good thing. That's a good thing. I try to be. Sometimes I'm a you know I go, I go between finding the positive and everything or finding the humor and everything, which sometimes isn't all that positive. But that's <laughs> <laughs> you, you have to do what you can do. Uh, so tell me a little bit about yourself, Neil. I know you're you're an author, uh, but t- tell me uh, tell me a little bit about you if you wouldn't mind.
2: Well, I I I was born in the Bronx, New York. I currently live in New Jersey, but still in the New York metropolitan area. Just a little hop, skip, and a jump over to Manhattan from here, which is at this point under lockdown. So we, we're not we're not going anywhere um, at this point. But um, yeah, so I, I grew up here, um, went to school locally. I, I I lived ten years in Florida after I graduated from college. Um, hmm. And I came back up here in New York, and I've been here ever since. So uh, I, 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 I've been uh, both New York and Florida. I, I'm up here now for uh, quite a bit of time. I have two boys. Um, both are grown men, like 25 and, and 31-year-old boys, or men, I should say, and, and um, that's my life. I, you know, I'm a writer. Uh, I also have another a main business, which I've been doing for over 30 years, too. I'm in the uh, drapery uh, window-covering business, as well um uh, so i've been doing that and that's definitely on pause for now because you know there's there's nothing happening with that uh, so that that has been part of my life and you know over all those years that i've been in the drapery business it was always a creative outlet for me to express to express myself in that way which is always is very important i'm i'm a big uh, i'm very happy when i could express myself creatively So uh, writing was um, a natural step for me to do that because it was just a total freedom uh, in terms of expressing yourself that way. Whereas, you know, when you do draperies for someone or upholstery or decorating, you know, you're working within someone else's likes and dislikes and you're confined into that space and you have to try to create something that they like. Whereas when you write something, you're really just ready for yourself. And that's how I write. I write what I like to read uh, unfortunately, what I like to read and what I like to write, other people have been finding that they enjoy it as well.
0: That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Uh, what what type uh, what type of uh, what type of stories do you write? Do you write short stories or just strictly novels? Or
2: no, I have written a couple short stories, um, but it's primarily novels, um, and I I'm, I stick mostly in the historical fiction genre. Though one of my books, uh, the Righteous One, was metaphysical fiction. Um, but uh, I, I, like to, I like historical fiction. That's what I like to read. That's what I like to write about. I like, I like going back in time into a point of history and, and, and re- putting my story in that setting you know, where major things happened. Um, and it provides a nice backdrop, good color to the story. So that's what I like about historical fiction, uh, the genre itself.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting to go back and have a fiction story about somebody and with within that a certain time frames. That way, they can. I mean, do do you really strive for for the the full factual historical correctness?
2: <laughs> I I actually do. Um, so you know, I'll look for uh, a character in time or an incident in time um i'll make sure that if i am including that character or including that incident i will make sure that it's accurate to that time so if i'm if i'm writing a story and it's 1910 and i and i find something that's interesting but happened in 1909 i just won't use it um so i want to make sure that you know that the history is right um of course the characters i might i may take a a character like in in uh, the bomb squad I have uh, J.P. J. Morgan in The Bomb Squad, and of course he never met my character, was not a real person. Um, but I have a have interaction between J.P. Morgan and one of my main characters. So that's where I take some literary license there uh, in, in creating the fictional novel. Um, but facts itself, I, I, I try to stick to it.
0: Awesome. Do you, do you have a favorite era that you like to write in?
2: Well, so far, I mean, The Cobbler's Tale... Um, the Righteous One and Bomb Squad have all been in the early 1900s, um, and and uh, all been in the New York metropolitan area. I was just talking to my editor yesterday because uh, we're working on a new book that will be out sometime in June, and she was happy with my new book because I I finally got out of New York area. All four of my novels all take place in the New York metro area. The, my new book coming out is called uh, Hope City, which takes place in 1898 in Alaska during the gold rush. So that was the first time I ventured geographically uh, out of this metropolitan area. Um, but it's still at the same time, it's right the turn of the century in terms of time. Right. Uh, I do have one book called uh, Moonflower that I wrote about in the 1670s, um, which takes place, it begins in, in actually in New Amsterdam, which was New York before the English took it over, took control from the Dutch. Hmm and it's and it takes it starts there it goes up to a place called beverwick new york which is now albany and it uh, it travels across new england I, I end up in amsterdam down to the slave coast of africa down to the slave market of charlestown south carolina and then back up to the northeast again so it's a big epic tale yeah
0: that's so- that sounds very interesting because I, I love a lot of this historical fiction every now and then but I just, I just don't get as much time to read as I'd like, but I'm definitely going to have to t- check some of those out.
2: Well, Don, you know I have uh, two of my books are on Audible as well, so if you know you're in the car or something, you can listen to uh, the audio version. So I have my first two books on Audible, and I have my second two books right now being recorded uh, on on Audible as well. So I'll have four by another couple of weeks. I'll have all four of my published books on Audible.
0: I will definitely check that out then, because I spend a lot of time driving. <laughs>
2: It's a good time for, for to uh, listen to a book. Yeah, might as well be productive at the same time.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, because I used to do that, and, you know, just got with with CDs. Now it just gets, gets cumbersome. You have these 18 CDs in this case <laughs> they, that you got to try to plug one in, in, in each time. So
2: <laughs> Yeah, no. yeah, it's very easy. Audible.com is an Amazon company. I work with them,
0: uh, so it's very easy to listen to
2: um, audiobooks. In, in fact, it's, it's so nice because you have your whole library right there. You can jump back and forth from different books. Wherever you stop, it'll pick up right again. You know, not like having to find your spot on a on a cassette or a, or a disc uh, as it used to be. Um, right. So it's it's very convenient.
0: Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. I'll I'll definitely get get some of those then and check them out. So you, you said you were in Florida for a while. Spe- speaking of uh, crazy locations, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, whereabouts in Florida were you?
2: Well, I was in Palm Beach County, um, oh, okay. I was in Palm Beach, and I have family in Boca Raton. My mother, my sister, uh, and my uh, niece are down there, and my great uh, my great nephew <laughs> is there. He's uh, eight months old, so I you know all I could do is see him see him right now on Zoom. So it's not like I can't fly right. down there and and be with a with a new baby. I just watch him growing up on Zoom and and, and photos and videos.
0: Yeah, when, when right out of uh shortly out of high school, I ended up moving down to West Palm Beach. I live downtown right on uh, Flagler.
2: Yeah, you know it well.
0: So, right on the intercoastal. So I I still I have uh uh ex-in-laws uh <laughs> that are in Wellington. So I have I haven't been to Florida in a long time.
2: Used <laughs> to go watch polo in Wellington.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the they got the polo club there and they yeah. My my ex father in law used to go to the dog track in uh, Palm Beach, all the West Palm Beach, all the time. So, Yeah. Right. yeah so, <laughs> yeah. That that great place to uh, to vacation to and not live. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, be, being in the in the New York New Jersey area for this, uh, how how crazy is the lockdown situation up here? Because I'm I'm kind of I'm in a small town kind of area, so it's not that. It's not that strict, but I would imagine in that area it would be a little bit different.
2: Well, you know, I'm in I'm in the suburbs of, of Manhattan, so uh, I go out and I run every day, and, you know, I see people, you know, coming the other way. We sort of, like, separate as we get closer, like two opposing magnets. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I venture to the grocery store every now and then. Uh, that's where it, it becomes a little dicey. I'm thinking about all these... Amazing people who are actually on the front lines—all these healthcare workers who are going into hospitals every single day to take care of this—and I'm getting—and I get nervous when I go into the into the supermarket, thinking, "God, I, I wish I had one ounce of the same, of the courage that these people had." Um, but uh, so I'm not in the city, but I have friends in the city who would just say, "It's just like you know, a little a little weird uh, because uh, you know everyone is is so densely packed there." Right. Um, You know, the whole I think the whole new um, after this is over, we're going to see a whole new ways of how people can live healthy in a densely populated area. Um, It's going to be that's going to be a big trend as well. I also think that people are going to be leaving the cities, moving out to to suburbs and even rural um, places, because once we find out that a lot of what we do we don't need to be in an office per se anymore because we're learning now we could do this distant learning for schools, right? You could do distant work uh, from our offices and, uh, have new ways of communication that we don't need to be packed into the city, uh, as we used to be. And first, and certainly now with uh, health considerations, it's, it's going to be even more motivation to, to find new ways of, of living.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I'm a maintenance guy. So I kind of, you know, I. I can't work from home, so (laughs) I, I may, I maintain medical facilities in this area. So I'm, I, I, and at least, at least in Ohio, I don't know if we just got out ahead of, ahead of things to where it hasn't been that bad, but we really have not seen in any of the facilities that I'm in, we haven't really seen a whole lot of, a whole lot of cases coming through. Thank goodness. And and yeah, we're very fortunate in that because we're, uh. I mean, I I know I know our governor got out pretty quick and did a lot, took care of a lot of things, which I've never been a fan of Mike Dewine, but he <laughs> he's he's stepped it up for this thing, so I've, he I've
2: uh, seen him on TV, yeah, yeah,
0: he's he got out ahead of things, and we really haven't seen any kind of major rush in any of, in any of our hospitals, really. I know I don't I I'm not in any of the major uh, cities or anything. I'm dayton area but i'm in a lot of the just the smaller town uh, emergency facilities and stuff like that so but but yeah the 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 staff in those places they're uh taking precautions but the nothing crazy i'm there <laughs> just got just got to take as many precautions as you can
2: that's
0: right that's right so i want to ask you as a, as a historical fiction writer who who is your uh, who are some of your influences some of the the writers that have influenced you
2: Well, I mean, not only historical fiction writers, but one in particular is Ken Follett. He's a great writer of historical fiction. Um, What I like about him is that uh, when he writes a novel, um, and it's a manuscript form before it goes off to the publisher for editing and such, he'll send it off to uh, historians, uh, professors of history, and ask them to um, sort of certify the accuracy of his history. Mm. Uh, so that to me was 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 good to hear because, you know, you're reading these books and you what one nice thing about reading historical fiction is that you get a chance to learn history in a very entertaining way. Right. Uh, not so dry as as nonfiction would be or something in a textbook. So if I'm reading his book and, and I know it's accurate, I'm, I'm like, OK, I'm learning about World War One. I'm learning about World War Two. I'm learning about what happened in England in the 1500s, whatever the case may be. So uh, that's what I enjoy. But other writers I also like, I'm a, I'm, I'm a big Stephen King fan, um, love his writing. Um, and of course, m- most of the classics uh, that I've read and, um, and dozens and dozens and hundreds of other types of books. You know, when I, when I read a book or I listen to a book on audio, I, I do both. Um, as a writer, you, you absorb the books differently as you do if you were just a reader. Um, right. You're listening to style. You're listening to technique. You're listening to dialogue. You're listening to how it's structured, plot uh, progression, character arcs, and things like that. And sometimes you just sort of like get lost in the story because you're focusing on the technical part of the of the storytelling. So it's 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 changed everything uh, how I how I absorb uh, books these days. Uh, being being a writer, yeah, it's like being a painter too. When you become a painter, when you paint. Um, you know, when you look at great art, you look at the try to look at the technique and and the color and the layers and the textures, um, rather than just getting a quick glance of something. So, you know, it's it's true with anything that when you become an expert in it, you really start to look at other people's work in a different in a different way.
0: Right. I mean, even even with comedy, when a comedian watches watches comedy, they're they're absorbing it differently. They're looking at the joke structure. They're they're checking the timing. They're they're looking at all these other things that. Somebody that doesn't do that doesn't normally notice. Exactly, and so. I, I I think that's why once once you become once you once you are an artist in a certain field in a certain medium you you uh, you become a little bit more critical, I guess.
2: Yeah, but also you want to learn too, at the same right. time. So you know, I, as you're you're a comedian, I'm sure when you go see other comics, you're trying to pick up technique, ideas, you know, things to do, things to avoid. Um, right. You know, because you're always learning, you're always trying to improve. You know, I look at my, I have my fifth book about to be published and I, I can see the progression of my writing as it improves. Um, um, so, you know, it's, it's interesting. I'm sure the first couple times you went up on stage and compared to what you do now, it's, it's,
0: oh,
2: it's, it's, it's night, night and day. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. If, if you're not somewhat embarrassed by your older work, then you're you're not progressing very much.
2: Exactly,
0: exactly. <laughs> I th- I I I would imagine the true the same is true with, with writing.
2: Yeah, and I mean, basically, it's, it's a performance. Anything that we we're as artists. A comedian, you're an artist. A painter is an artist. A, a, a sculptor is an artist. The musician is an artist. A writer is an artist. Mm-hmm. As artists, we our, our, whatever our medium is. It's our performance. It's what we're putting out there, and waiting for people to come back and tell us what they like, what they don't like. So every time we're doing that, um, you know, we're putting ourselves out there uh, as as artists. So it's you know, it's it's something that um, we all have in common.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think a lot of it's just how long it takes to get the results.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, for books it takes yeah, yeah.
0: books take a while. Yeah,
2: yeah, it takes a long. You know, it's interesting because you take comedy. So someone goes to see a comedy show; they might go for two, three hours for a comedy show. If they go to to hear a concert, it may be a couple hours at a concert. Or if they go to a museum, they might spend a half a day at a museum. But when you read a book. You know, you're reading that book, you're investing a lot of time. You know, it's days and sometimes weeks and months to finish a book. So, you know, you're asking your audience to invest a lot of their personal time and to get into what you've uh, uh, created. So, you know, that's that's something to really try to absorb as a writer and making sure that you're giving the best absolute journey from page one to wherever it finishes at that someone's not going to get bored, they're going to be excited, they're going to find it as a page-turner, they're going to want to, you know, talk about it to their friends, they want to give you a good review, and they're going to want to see your next book uh, right. written. So, you know, it's, there's a lot that you're trying to achieve uh, at the same time. Like I said, you're not only a book writer, you're also a bookseller uh, as well.
0: Yeah, I, I hadn't really thought about that, because that, that is inv- asking people to invest a, a substantial amount of time. So. As I, i've written i've written two novels that have been gathering dust ever since that i have not edited yet because <laughs> it and and a lot of that is i go back and look at them now and i wrote them a couple years ago and now i'm i'm not at all happy with them so <laughs> i don't know yeah i'm i'm stuck in that point to where i don't know if i should just scrap the whole thing and start over if uh, or if there's enough salvageable in there that i can go back and rework it
2: yeah well you know it's like in a way i when i'm writing the process of writing sometimes i think of it as 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 if i was working in clay you know throwing clay down on the wheel and then trying to form it into something that has a shape to it and i'm working my clay is my words you know so i'll i'll throw words out on the page then i'll go back and i'll try to rework it and massage it and 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 put it into shape um so there's a process that that's a living process you know so you know, if I if I would have taken that piece of clay and, and shaped something and put it on the shelf and let it dry and then went back to it again, I can't work that anymore. It's done. You know, it's it's right. like it's it's hardened. It's not going to work anymore. You know, you got it. Writing or any piece of art is a living thing, uh, and until you can go from beginning to the end with it and finish it, you know, it's, it's very hard to go back and and try to re rework it again.
0: Yeah, that that's that's a great analogy. That makes a lot of sense because yeah, right now I have a deformed ashtray that's <laughs> <laughs> dried up and laying over there, and there's no fixing it. <laughs> yes, I, I guess I'll toss it out and start over. But <laughs> I, I think, I think going back to work on something that you worked on years ago, it's really hard to get back into the same frame of mind that you were in to go back to work on it and and make any sense of it
2: yeah yeah time does that to things you know it's it's like you know then you have some things that are classic that last forever um that's they're always good um but you know it's the 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 things that are classic that last forever are the ones that have been developed and been tested and 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 are are out there um those that are, are stale and and never put out there those are really hard to resurrect
0: yeah that that's true that's true well, I, I appreciate the advice on that. <laughs> My pleasure. Yeah, they, they, they will continue gathering dust, <laughs> and I will start fresh. But that's all right. I'm, I think we're going to take a little bit of break. I'm I'm going to go get some more coffee, and uh, we'll come back and uh, talk a little bit more if you'd like. Uh, we can cover some uh, dumb news stories that I have up here and see where they lead us. That's good. Does that sound good? Yes, sir. All right. We'll we'll be back here shortly on the Life Radio Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with Neil Gordon.
1: took a moment to come flooding back to me I saw I was surrounded by disbelieving eyes How could I be here But I'm so sorry Then my eyes found you, a smile on your face. You wrapped me in your arms, you told me it's okay. I would do How could you still love me After what I'd done to you God, I'm so sorry I'm so sorry Today
0: we're teaching poodles
1: how to fly.
0: Come here, come here, Foofy. Ah, Foofy, are you psyched? Are you ready? Okay,
1: here we go. Get ready and fly! Oh man!
0: All right, hey, welcome back to the Life Radio Show. I'm your host, Don Smith. Uh, we're uh, we are still everybody's just still locked in at home, so. Here we are. We're gonna keep. We're gonna get through this. We're gonna keep pressing forward. I have Neil Gordon on Skype with me, uh, author of author of historical fiction and author of the Righteous One. Is that the one that just? Uh, I just saw an article on your Facebook page about that. From-
2: the Righteous One came out last year. The one that just came out two weeks ago was called The Bomb Squad. The Bomb
1: that,
0: Squad.
2: Yeah, that's historical fiction. That takes place. It begins in. Um, 1916 and it's right before world war one broke out and it's a story of uh two patriots it's i call it the clash of the patriots so we have these two men both german americans um one is still loyal to the fatherland and they him and his father are out to disrupt um the americans in the new york metropolitan area by blowing things up hoping Ooh. to keep america out of world war one Uh, while we have another German-American, a New York City police detective, who's recruited by the British Secret Intelligence Service, the SIS, to uh, put a stop to it. And he is asked to form the bomb squad, which is him and four other German-speaking Americans uh, who try to undercover the espionage that's going on uh, in this area. And there was quite a bit at the time. Um, So the story takes place uh, in New York and New Jersey, uh, but does have some uh, part of the story that we travel to Germany and in particular to Berlin during the epicenter of German power. Um, And it's a story between these two men who both think they're doing the right thing. They're both patriots. They both believe they're on the right side of history. Of course, only one is. Uh, and it's the, it's the battle between them. And that's what the bomb squad is the synopsis that tells the story of. And, um, and that's, what's out. That's, that's my current novel.
0: Interesting. Interesting. And those are, those are available, uh, everywhere. Those are available. Amazon. You, those are available. You said they're on audio audible, or is that one not out on audible
2: yet? Not, it will be in about two weeks. So right now you can get the bomb squad in ebook and you can get it in a paperback. And in a couple of weeks, you'll be able to get it on audio. And what I want to do for your listeners, actually, is offer a free copy of The Bomb Squad, the uh, PDF version of it, where they could just download it and read it for free if they send me their email address. And I will send it back to them. And all I'm asking in exchange is that they read it, hopefully they'll like it, and then leave me a review on Amazon. Because as I said, I'm also a bookseller, so I need reviews. So, right. if I can get reviews uh, that way, I'm happy to offer my book uh, for free to your listeners if they so uh, are, are interested in doing that. And just email me. My email address is Neil Perry Gordon at gmail.com, and I will return in your email a copy, a PDF copy of the Bomb Squad.
0: Excellent, excellent. I will, uh, I will definitely put that out there. Hopefully, hopefully get a lot of takers on that because why not? Why yeah. wouldn't you?
2: Right for a free book
0: all right perfect okay well let's let's cover some news stories if you're ready yes sir these are these are dumb A, uh, a post on tiktok showing a man dancing has gone viral but probably not for the reason the original poster had hoped Instead of impressing the internet with some funky dance moves, he instead ended up scaring many of his followers. Uh, TikTok user Rubik's Cube posted a video of himself dancing while he was home alone. This apparently left viewers shocked when something briefly appeared in the background. Some commenters uh, described it as looking like someone poking their head around the corner. The original video has racked up 1.7 million views while a follow-up uh, reacting to the footage has six point two million views. So apparently he thought he was home alone, and <laughs> there's somebody in the background that that would be a little creepy.
1: Yeah
0: <laughs>
1: <That's>, <laughs> that
0: that would come as a surprise, that would be sure. Yeah.
2: yeah, especially getting so many hits. like all of a sudden, you're a celebrity for the wrong reason.
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> right and and we want hope, hopefully he survived hopefully he survived to enjoy his newfound celebrity exactly <laughs> well, <you laughs> Sorry, know, I, I, they always that? say that, nope
2: there's no such thing as bad publicity
0: that is true that is true that, i guess that's <laughs> i've heard that i i don't know if I believe that a hundred percent
2: right when you yeah as long as you're not the receiving end of it it's just true <laughs> <laughs>
0: A uh, man has been slammed after revealing that he charges his girlfriend a fee to stay over at his house. <laughs> uh, the pair have been together for a year and everything had been going well until he popped the question, uh, can you start paying $24 each night that you stay over? Uh, unsurprisingly, his girlfriend was taken taken aback and was really upset. Uh, the 28-year-old Reddit user uh, that him and his girlfriend, also 22, lived, lived separately, uh But since she started staying three or four nights a week, his utility bill has gone up. So he asked her to start paying 24 bucks a night. That
2: seems fair.
0: (laughs) Totally. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's that. I cannot imagine uh, the audacity to. uh, (laughs) Yeah, right.
2: Who would have the, the cojones to say that?
0: Yeah, that that would that would take that that's a confident dude right there. A, kind of a jerk, but you know.
2: Yeah, yeah either that or um, he wanted to break up with her, one or the other.
0: That that could have been it. He could have been, you know, he he didn't want to break up with her. He wanted to force her to break up with him. So he's like, "I I have a plan."
2: <laughs> well, he could have charged her more just to make sure there was. Uh... It really worked. Twenty? What did he come up with? Twenty-four dollars? I mean, uh, I,
0: I guess he was just looking <laughs> at the utility bill. He was very, very meticulous in his in, in his accounting for every yeah. every penny that she would have, uh, every penny extra that she would have would have charged would have uh, caused him to stay there.
2: Well, if she ran, she was wise to run.
0: Yeah, yeah that that is that is true because uh, he he's apparently a cheap gigolo. So. <laughs> <laughs> Not even, not even a high dollar one. Twenty four bucks a night. That's
2: yeah. <laughs> I probably, I probably go out in Dutch as well.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. He, well, I, I'd, I'd say he probably makes her pay for dinner. At the, you know, anybody that if he's going to charge her to stay over, he's probably charged. He's probably making her pay for dinner. Yeah. She, she probably has to pitch in for gas. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Good boyfriend.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's de- <laughs> It's as he sees everything as a business venture. So yeah,
2: uh, yeah. not, not good.
0: No, no, not at all. Texas city is asking residents to check and make sure they aren't missing a donkey after a wayward animal was picked up by officials. The city of San Angelo said in a Facebook post, the donkey was found wandering loose in the quail Valley area with no sign of its own owner or any identification. Because uh, apparently the donkey wasn't carrying his ID. That's that's
2: <laughs> no donkey tags on it.
0: I yeah, d exactly. They need uh, the his collar. His collar fell off. You know, poor donkey. The, the leash broke. You know, that's it. somebody was just out walking their donkey and he got away. That's
2: well, that's what happens when you let your donkey out.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think you just <laughs> I think you just named this episode for us. So. <laughs> Don't let your don- that's, that Yeah, <laughs> who let your don't let your donkeys out? <laughs> no, I think that's what happens when you let your donkey out. I think that's that's yeah. how I come up with uh, show title or with episode titles. By the way, is just random things that get said during the show. It's like, oh, that sounds dumb. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's what happens when you let your donkeys out. That that's a long title, but I like it. All right, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> so keep an eye out for loose donkeys, I guess, if you're in the Texas Texas area, which anytime I'm in Texas, that's the first thing yeah, I think is yeah, I yeah. better watch out for loose donkeys.
2: I don't see any at my window right now, so we're good.
0: That's good. That's good. Well, you're you're in Jersey, right? So uh,
2: Yeah, no donkeys I ever seen before, but you know, you never know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Let's see here. Oh, here's a here's a fun one this this will this will give give people the creeps here an animal rescuer uh, summoned summoned to remove a snake from a british family's bathroom ended up pulling the serpent out of the toilet toilet tank mm. out of the tank that was that was that didn't get there by accident <laughs> no uh, the rspca said joe white an animal collection officer and exotics officer uh, responded last week to a home in greys essex england On a report of a snake loose inside a home, Uh, the caller's daughter found the snake in their bathroom and was absolutely hysterical. A lot of people find snakes very frightening, in case you didn't know that. This is a quote. (laughs) (laughs) So in case you didn't know, a lot of people find snakes very frightening. So it must have been a huge shock to come across one slithering around the bathroom. Uh, The snake was obviously quite scared uh, by the commotion, too, as he slithered inside the toilet. When I arrived, I had to reach around the back of the toilet. Okay, so it wasn't inside the tank; it was around the back. That makes more sense now. Because yes. if it was in the tank, it would have been I had to have the strength to lift the lid and crawl down inside, and that's just that's that just didn't seem possible. You that, know, that could have been that,
2: frightening going in the bathroom at the middle of the night and something curling around your leg.
0: Yeah, that's not <laughs> that wouldn't be a pleasant experience.
2: No, that would have been you know messy.
0: The, yeah, <laughs> that would have been very messy. So uh, <laughs> uh, let's <laughs> let's see. We'll uh, we'll find one more. Let me let me see if I can find a fun one here. Ooh, uh, the COVID nineteen and the cannabis industry. Let's see what we got here. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Weed weed and, and virus. Let's see what we have. Uh, like many people working in the cannabis industry, uh, Stephen Jones expected to make a lot of green around four twenty this year. Of course. Uh, Jones, a cannabis marketer and professional Bob Marley impersonator, (laughs) of course, in San Diego, California, figured there would be a massive 420 celebrations throughout April 2020. The whole month is 420, uh, Jones told Huffington Post, who who, uh, said he was trying to organize a series of concerts and events before the coronavirus shut down public gatherings. The lockdowns have forced cannabis insiders like Jones and others to rethink their 420 plans. Although Jones may still be able to continue performing as a reggae legend online, uh, he's now focusing his business efforts on selling watches that have been permanently set at 420 for $4. <laughs> $4.20 each. That's, <laughs> That's
2: a man with a focus. <laughs>
0: that is. Selling watches that are permanently set at 420. Yeah, for yeah, $4.20 a piece.
2: I think he's been smoking a little bit too much. If you ask I, th-
0: <laughs> I think you're right. That is, does not sound like a great business plan.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about selling watches that are off four twenty?
0: dollars 20 Oh, you all right? <laughs> I hate it when my guests get run over while we're talking.
2: <laughs> I, I'm, I'm good. He missed me.
0: Okay. Thankfully. Thankfully. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, Well, (laughs) it's 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 not quite 4:20 yet, but our our, uh, do we have do we have another news story in us? I think we we had enough.
2: (laughs) I'm I'm ready for another one if you got one.
0: We got another one. Okay, let's 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 see let's see uh, let's see if we can because the 4:20 when that was fun. I'm gonna have to get a watch uh, permanently set at 4:20 so I can just be late everywhere I go. Or early, just depends.
2: Well, you'll be on time twice a day.
0: Exactly, exactly, but probably high. Right. Uh, (laughs) A Florida police officer called to a resident's home on the report of a wandering alligator ended up pulling the hissing reptile out from under a car in the home's driveway. The Cape Coral Police Department shared video uh, showing Sergeant Kurt Fundermark that's a great name. Kurt Fundermark. That sounds like he should... That's that's a superhero's uh, secret <laughs> identity. Uh, anyway, showing uh, Sergeant Kurt Fundermark uh, working to wrangle the alligator uh, spotted at the Cape Coral home. Uh, the footage shows Fundermark dragging the hissing alligator out from under a vehicle in the driveway of the home. It's just another day at the office, the department said. It was unclear whether the alligator was released back into the wild or transferred to a facility. So, uh... It's a good fa- sized one too. It's about an eight footer. They have facilities for alligators. I I would imagine. I mean, they they gotta lock them up somewhere. It's it's Florida.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you get an attorney.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They had had to read them their rights first. That way to make make sure. Otherwise, it's just going to be thrown out of court, and the alligator's going to roam free.
1: Yeah, and
0: heard. that's uh, they'll be pulling it out from under in the next driveway. So. to let lefty. Yeah. We, we, we get a lot of animal stories here on the Life Radio Show. Well, I'm, I'm going to give you a few minutes right now to throw out if there's any social media you want to put out there. And, and uh, pr- of course, promote, promote your books again. Uh, try to get them out there again. And, of course, uh, The Bomb Squad, if you email Neil at neilperrygordon at gmail.com, uh, you, can, you can get The Bomb Squad for free as long as you read it and write a nice review
2: yeah and don't be stingy with the stars i'm, I'm pushing for five stars
0: exactly <laughs> all right go ahead neil.
2: yeah well i have a website and if you go to my website which is neil there's lots of good stuff on there uh to read about me i have a blog with articles and short stories and whatnot um to, and there's links to amazon for my books I have a Facebook page under Neil Perry Gordon's, my author page. And of course, I'm on Twitter and all that stuff as well. Um, but I'm really proud of my website. Uh, it takes, you know, it's a lot of, lot of effort that goes into there because, you know, it's basically my storefront. Uh, it's, it's my my besides my books. It's my uh, my public place um, for people to come by and visit with me. And I'm very interested in, in, in having conversations with people. I love talking about my books. If someone ever says, I want to talk to you about your book, I'm like, all right, I'm happy to talk about my books. There's nothing, there's no greater topic, but well, you can talk about my, my kids and you can talk about my books. Those two really make me happy. So I'm always happy to to, uh, to be entertained by somebody who loves my books and, and wants to talk about them, the characters. And it's funny sometimes people will say, you know, I really love that book, but why did that guy have to die? I'm really upset that he had to die. Why do you have to do that? <laughs> well I'm glad you really cared about that character that was, that's the idea
0: So, well, so yeah. sometimes in writing you get stuck and you just have to kill somebody off That's
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like I, well I write organically so I don't have an outline so you know I, I have an idea of where I want to go but sometimes it's just you know you're there and it, it, you can go either way and you just decide okay is this person going to live or die you know yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's my choice I'm the I'm god of my stories
0: yeah, yep. Yep. You you created that character. You can take him out. That's, that's what right. my dad always. That's what my dad always used to say. Don't forget <laughs> it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I like the writing organically thing because that that's how I that's how I write when when I write, which isn't often enough. But I I I don't really like to have an outline or where to go. I kind of see where things are going to take me. So that's I like why I have that. a lot of false false starts. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah well that's the i like that too because then a lot of people use outlines i mean there's nothing wrong with it you got to write what works for you i just like i like the process of not knowing where things gonna you know how i'm gonna get there i'm like i know where a is i know where z is i just don't know how how i'm gonna get there um so you know that's that's the, the part of the the journey that i go on and if i'm surprised as the as i go through it then the reader will be surprised
0: yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you uh, skyping in uh, to talk. It was good talking to you. I'm definitely going to have to check out audible.com and find some of your books that are out there already. Uh, just and I like I like a hard copy of a book too, but you know I don't, just don't have the time to read that I'd like. So I'm gonna I'm gonna check out Audible and get some of your books. Uh, check out Neil, Neil Perry com and uh, see what he has out there. Check out some of his books.
2: That's great, thank you so much.
0: All right, thank you, and thanks for listening to the Life Radio Show. We'll be back next time with with more fun uh, people, more fun conversation, more fun, uh, well, pretty stupid news stories. But thanks for listening. Uh, We'll catch you later.
1: me a brutal presence well
2: that's what happens when you let your donkey out